0: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast of The Vineyard Church in Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. It's a special series here at The Vineyard. Each year, we host our Perspective series, a time when we get to hear from so many voices in our church community on the many ways that God has moved in their story, TED Talk style. This perspective story is brought to you by Abigail Houston. Abigail is married to Bing, and together they run and operate Stony Hill Farms. They often bring all sorts of fresh vegetables to share for others here at the church. Abigail is a mother to six children with number seven on the way. She's also our director of care and our director of prayer here at the church. Abigail immigrated from South Africa to right here in Pennsylvania, many years ago. So let's listen in to Abigail's story.
1: So when I was 18 years old, I packed my bags, went to the airport with my parents, and said goodbye to them for what I thought was a year in America, as an au pair. My second day with the family that I was au pairing for, I heard a really loud laugh from across the diner, and that was the night I met Bing. (laughs) And uh, this year, we'll celebrate 10 years being married. So (laughs) (laughs) So I came from a small family in South Africa, and now I live in America with a pretty big family. So a lot in my life has changed, but it was the invitations from God that I responded to that actually changed my life. The first invitation was to join a spiritual friends group, which is a group with the intention of just listening well and creating space to notice what God is doing and where He's moving in our lives. I had space to tell my story and reflect on it and have people reflect my story back to me. Soon after, kind of in the middle of, because I'm still part of that group, um, I was invited to do an emotionally focused retreat, which I was so excited about because it was looking at early formation and that kind of stuff is really exciting to me. I was really excited to look at what made me, me. So through the emotionally focused journey, I was able to look at my story again, more intentionally. I was given space to recognize experiences I had had and the meanings that I had made from them. I then looked at the vows I had made because of those meanings and the way that those impacted my relationships. I was offered coaching to reframe my meaning, create positive vows and guiding principles to live by. I was shown how to create boundaries that were grounded in those guiding principles and how to have good dialogue. And that's what I want to talk about today. Let me give you a little bit more of the backstory. So in my family is my mom and dad, my brother who's 15 months older than me, and myself. So regular size, but in my experience now, it's small. Um, My dad worked a lot to make sure that my mom could stay home with us when we were little. And then when we were older, my mom and dad both worked a lot so that we were always provided for and didn't want for anything. I had a really good childhood. My parents not only loved me, but they valued me, they appreciated me, they affirmed me, and they liked me. And uh, I was pretty successful in my life as a child. Um, and that was important because we moved a lot. I, moved ev- I lived everywhere from a small mining town called Kleinsia, which has 370 houses, to an apartment building on Main Street in Kenilworth, which is a part of Cape Town, one of South Africa's big cities. Moving a lot meant I changed schools a lot, had to adjust a lot, make friends a lot, but it was okay. And I'm going to pause my story there. The enemy has a way of lying to all of us, even if we have a good story, hoping that we believe him. And we often do. We usually do. I did. Through the experiences of having a mom and dad that were busy, and a brother that was just a little bit older than me, at some point, I believed the lie that I was a burden. That didn't feel great, so I made a vow to myself to protect myself from feeling that way. I, I vowed to not be a burden. I vowed that I would always maintain control of everything, all the time, to ensure that I wouldn't be a burden. It's easy, right? No problem. So other than the extreme guilt and shame I felt when I failed at the perfection I was expecting from myself, I felt like it did a reasonable job keeping me safe. And as far as I could tell, it didn't really affect anybody else. And looking at how this lie showed up in my life was really crazy. So every morning, not every morning, but every time he would ask me for socks, I would feel extreme guilt and shame, I would, my shame would turn to anger, I would be angry, I would start a fight, and we'd be trapped in the cycle every time Bing would ask for if I knew where his socks were, I'd freak out. Because instead of hearing Bing say, hey, do you know where my socks are? I heard Bing say, it's a burden to me that you were not successful in completing the laundry. And I've never, actually, been successful in completing the laundry. So it's happened a lot. <laughs> oh, one time, Amos texts me. He's like, hey, um, are those boxes on the table yours? Which I hear as, I am burdened by boxes on the table, and I believe it to be your fault. So I stop what I'm doing. I drive to church to move boxes that weren't mine. Instead of hearing Amos say, Are those your boxes?" He wanted to recycle them, and he just didn't want to throw away something that didn't belong to him, that belonged to somebody who needed it, right? Because we filter our lives through the lies we believe. We filter our interactions with strangers, with our friends and family. We even filter God through the lies we believe about ourselves and the world. So driving home that day after coming to deal with the boxes that were not my boxes, that I didn't have to deal with, was the first time that I actually realized how the lies I believed and the vows I had made for myself were affecting other people. And so I started, I'm on the emotionally focused journey still, I'm looking at how this happens. And so I reach out to a friend and I'm like, hey, would you share with me how you experience me? And she says, you know, even though we're close, I experience you as withholding yourself from me, and not being fully authentic. Because I had to maintain control of every interaction and my emotions within them because I didn't want my mess to become her problem. After an argument with Bing, he asked me, why do you have to be right all the time? And actually, that surprised me because that's not my nature. That's not something I struggled with, it's, or I didn't think I struggled with it. But in this context, looking at it, it was a problem. I processed it with probably my spiritual friends group, probably my emotionally focused coach, probably some other friends too, and I realized that I didn't need to be right because I, was, I didn't want to be wrong. I needed to be right in an argument because that was my way of proving to myself that I hadn't been a burden. That wasn't my fault, so I'm okay. I'm safe. In talking to friends, I realized how deep my need for control was and how it kind of spilled, sometimes like a waterfall and sometimes like a trickle, into all the aspects of my life. I hadn't realized it, but the anxiety that I was constantly living under made me be the kind of person who was a short-tempered wife, a short-tempered mother, and an unavailable friend. But what do I do now? Right, so I can see how this is all affecting me. I've noticed it, I've recognized it, what now? And that's when a lot of the transformation and growth started. I started to slow down and notice when I was making meaning from things and stopping myself and wondering, is that the only meaning that there could be? And oftentimes asking the person, is that what you meant when you said that or when you did that? It meant me sitting down with people who love me and thinking about who I want to be and what guiding principles I could set aside to help me grow into that person. I worked on reframing the vow and to believe the truth that we were designed and made to live in a community that serves each other and holds each other and being a burden is part of what we were created to live like. Ephesians 4.23 says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So that's what I strive for. It's not a one and done thing. I don't recognize the meaning and, and change the way I want to be and see the difference between who I am and who I want to be and just be there. Every day I try. I'm quicker to notice When I'm shifting back, I'm quicker to notice when I'm believing the lie, and Bing and I have not had an argument about socks in a really long time. (laughs) There's been healing in this transformation, too. By sharing my pain with people and having them hold it with me, by being vulnerable and having people see even the ugly sides of me and staying anyways, and by having my story reflected back to me. Last year, in life group, we had time to share our stories again and have them reflected back. And part of my sharing, I I mentioned that moving a lot made me kind of feel like I don't fit in anywhere. I'd never had close friendships, even though I was really good at being friends with anyone. And there's pain in that, right? And in the time for reflection, someone said, that's not how I experience you. I experience you as somebody who can connect with anyone and can build connection between people who might not be connected. And in a moment, that part of my story was redeemed. I don't know if you noticed, but throughout my story, there are people. There are people seeing me and revealing myself to me. There are people listening and holding space. There are people standing in the gap Uh, between who I am and who God created me to be, even when I don't see what that gap is. And there are people coaching me and teaching me and simply saying, I'm not going anywhere. All of my transformation was done with God and with people. I responded to invitations from God. So I want to leave you with a question of what is God inviting you into and how can you respond even a little bit to that invitation. Thank you.
0: Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and your family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.